Summoning the Mob. Hearing number seven. I'm Gloria Moraga. This is Political Woman. Thanks for being here. Hearing number seven was held on Tuesday, July 13th, 2022. It was the second to last hearing before the break. And of all the hearings, I think this one affected me the most. And I'll tell you why. I'll explain why as I move along. Summoning the mob. Before I start talking about what Trump did in regards to the mob, I have to explain something and give you some backstory. There was what has been described as an unhinged, crazy six-hour meeting at the White House on December 18th, 2020. Trump's supporters, the, the really crazy ones, had written an executive order. That executive order proposed an immediate mass seizure of voting machines in the United States by the U.S. military. Okay, this plan came from the loonies. Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and retired General Michael Flynn, and also, um, I think, I didn't write it down because I just didn't even want to say his name, but it was not the My Pillow guy. It was the um, overstocked guy. He was the former executive at Overstocked, which I know during that time, it was like, I can't shop there anymore. I can't shop there anymore. I will never buy that pillow. But they were meeting, proposing this, this crazy thing. Let's go out into the States. Let's get the military, go out into the States and seize these voting machines. And if you watch the news closely, some of these voting machines, they, the FBI and, and others are investigating the people who were trying to seize those machines. Now, Trump's lawyers, the, the folks that aren't as crazy as this group, when they found out that there was a meeting going on, they rushed into the West Wing. And that's when the crazy began and yelling and screaming and name calling. Six hour meeting. Eventually, the cooler heads, the attorneys, talked Trump out of this, this scheme. But then that like dominoes falling, that signaled Trump to do something else. On December 19th, Donald Trump decided to summon the mob. He went on Twitter and tweeted to come to Washington on Wednesday, January 6th. That's the day when Congress would meet to certify electoral votes. So this, this 18th, December 18th meeting's going on. You know, they're going to seize the voting machines. That's going to stop the election from being certified. Huh? But yeah, I mean, they're crazy. And then uh, when that didn't work, okay, on the 19th, not even sure he, he went to bed, he, he sends the tweet. Early in the morning, December 19th, he 
sent out a tweet urging his followers to travel to Washington. And he said, quote, be there, will be wild, the president wrote. And so the mob came. And we all know what happened after that. So for the first time in American history, a president called for a crowd to come to contest the counting of electoral votes by Congress. First time a president engaged in any effort designed to influence, delay, or obstruct the joint session of Congress to stop Congress from doing its work required by our Constitution and the Electoral Count Act. It's sickening. It just continues to amaze me how one unhinged man and his unhinged followers and his unhinged crazy supporters that are that are around him that are rich and um, support him and are donating to him you know someone said well majority of republicans republicans want trump to run again they wanted him to to be president again because of the money because of how much money comes their way i mean the rich people in this country when he's when he was in power. Well, that's more important to them than the rule of law, than our country, the Constitution. Everything good people have tried to stand for in U.S. history. And it's sickening. It's unbelievable. But it's to be believed. What the Congress did in this hearing was methodically draw a connection between Trump and right-wing, anti-American groups like the Oath Keepers and others. And they did a, a great job. You know, it started, the hearing started with the background. And they used videos and social media screenshots and actually sound bites from some of these crazy, stinking unattractive 201 I mean you know we shouldn't go there in body shame it's not right because that's what they do but still these horrible mostly white men who are wannabe Nazis the Nazis I mean <laughs> when Biden called them fascists because that's exactly what they are exactly when someone said, oh, we don't want the Republican Party to, to go away because then there our democracy goes away. Bullshit. The Republican Party 
democracy doesn't hinge on the Republican Party. Yes, of course, we want a two-party system. Yeah, I'd rather have us all be independents and just work for the good. For what's right. How about that? Yeah, the Republican Party does need to go away at this point, just like the Nazi Party needed to go away. Enough is enough. So yeah, Trump and the, the right-wing paramilitary, wannabe military, racist, white supremacist groups. You know, at one of the debates, they were asking him about one of the groups, the Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys or one of the, the groups. And he said, stand back and stand by. And then he called them on to come on January 6th. How, you know, we could not impeach this man. I mean, how the Congress could weasel out of impeaching him is just beyond me. What do they do? They get paid a great salary to do nothing. The witnesses at this hearing were two men. You know, and in, in between that, they documented all, all of this stuff about Trump and his connections to these supremacist groups. Witnesses were Jason Van Tatenhoove. He is a former Oath Keepers spokesperson. So he was responsible for doing um, PR, being the spokesperson for the Oath Keepers. And he finally had to get out. And the other witness was Stephen Ayres, A-Y-R-E-S. He is titled, the committee called him a January 6th defendant. And they both testified about these groups and all of the communications back and forth on social media and other ways. And um, there was a heavy use of, of, as I said, videotapes and uh, videotape or screenshots. And I mean, it wasn't even really a secret that they were plotting to do all of this. And the plotters were, you know, at the Willard Hotel in the war room at the Willard Hotel. I mean, I talked about the Willard Hotel in yesterday's post. You know, I did a story at the Willard. I, um, my boss wanted a feature for the holidays or something. So you know, he was working us, having us, because we were going to be off for Christmas, having us go and do these feature stories. So I did a feature on the Willard. It was called the Residence of Presidents. That's what they used to call it. Because every president since the Willard was built had stayed at the Willard. There's a presidential suite. And I got to go to the presidential suite and lay on the bed, and, you know, do a stand-up on the bed. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful old hotel right near the White House. And President-elects will stay there. I mean, there's a, there's a place across the street from the White House where the president-elects stay, but other presidents have just stayed there, and it's just great. Well, that's where these scumbags who want to overthrow the government and keep Trump in office had their war room. So that's hearing number seven. There's one more to go. Hearing number eight is all about January 6th and what Trump did.
on January 6th when the Capitol was being breached. I still look back watching that, all the times I've watched it, and I can't believe it. I worked in Washington 10 years, and I tried to go to the Capitol every day. I would just go up on my break and walk around. Even after I broke my leg, and I was on crutches, and it was really hard to walk um, on the crutches on the marble floors because the crutches would slip. In fact, I did. I wiped out once um, walking to the rotunda. In fact, I was kind of running. I was kind of walking real fast with the crutches, and then my crutch slipped, and I sprawled out, and <laughs> some, one of the guards came and picked me up, and I was fine. Not like now. Like now, if I fall, I break something like right away. But I was pretty healthy back then, even though my leg was broken. Um, but I love that building. I love it. It's um, so filled with history. And I know all of our history, all of U.S. history is not perfect. That's what's so great about going there. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, tears come to my eyes when I think about what they did in that building and how, um, how they're scum for doing that. For what? For what? For a bunch of lies? I don't know. The man doesn't even like people like them. <laughs> Uh, listen to Howard Stern. Listen to people who know him, like Michael Cohen. And, you know, they do this. They tramp on our, our beautiful, beautiful history of trying to have a democracy. Trying. Doesn't always work. It hasn't worked. I, um... Jamie Raskin, Congressman uh, Raskin, used this quote uh, early in the hearing. And I just posted um, the video that I did on this hearing. And I'll go back to my website and I'll put a link to the full hearing and the um, transcript of this hearing. But Raskin quoted Abraham Lincoln. And I've read this quote many, many times. But for some reason, it really hit me when he um, said it at the hearing. Because I'm scared. <laughs> I'm really scared about what's happening in our country and how, if I cry, how uh Trump's having these rallies now and all the white supremacists are coming out. And um, I, I'm worried. I'm worried about my girls, my daughter, my granddaughter, my lovely, beautiful nieces. All my nieces. I, I have <laughs> a big family, too, on my brother's side. I'm not as close to them as I am to my sister's grandkids, but a, 
We have girls. What's going to happen? They don't have right to privacy because of some hijinks by, I don't even want to say his name, Mitch McConnell, who blocked Obama from appointing a Supreme Court justice. Now we have these Nazis on the high court. And what if we lose the House? What if we don't win, keep the Senate? I, I just, um, I'm worried. In 1837, Abraham Lincoln was responding to a, a murder. A black man, I need to go back and read the the actual reason Abraham Lincoln said this. I, I didn't include it in my notes because I was going to use it in my video and I didn't, but I thought, well, I'll use it in the podcast because you guys know me, my three listeners. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln responding to a racist attack said if downfall ever comes to America we ourselves would be its author and finisher if racist mobs are encouraged by politicians to rampage and terrorize Lincoln said they will violate the rights of other citizens and quickly destroy the bonds of social trust necessary for democracy to work. He, he before he said those words he said America's downfall won't be because of some outside country from across the sea no it will come from within it will come from us and um, this one you know loser of a man who's uh, I, I can't even go there I mean, his own mother said he's not very smart. I mean, I don't think Hitler was that smart either, but look. Look, and it just seems like, what do we ever learn? So yeah, I live in fear. But I'm doing this and it makes me feel better. Even if I only have three good listeners. <laughs> Please share. Please Please like, please rate me and share. I'm Gloria Moraga. I'm a political woman. I vote. Please vote. Be safe.